Welcome to Norm, a Cheers podcast. We're co-hosting a weekly discussion of the television show Cheers, which aired on NBC from 1982 to 1993. We are your hosts, Marlene Stimmy and Andy Laker. How's it going tonight, Andy? Hey, doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing well. Are you looking forward to the season finale of season seven of Cheers, our last episode of season? I am looking forward to wrapping up season seven, yes. if that's what you're referring to. Yes. Yeah, me too. <laughs> So we are right, we're going to wrap it up with episode 22, move along into season eight. But this one is The Visiting Ledger. It, as with the episode last week, was written by David Lloyd, which I find interesting. It's directed by James Bros, and it aired on May 4th, 1989. So the logline is that Fraser's colleague, Dr. Lawrence Crandall, stops in at Cheers while on a book tour for his authoritative book on marital fidelity, and he promptly tries to psychologically manipulate Rebecca into believing that she is attracted to him. When neither Sam nor Fraser believes her reports of Dr. Crandall's lecherous behavior, Rebecca devises a scheme to visit Dr. Crandall in his hotel room and get him to admit in Sam's presence that he came on to her. So we start with a teaser, which has Carla greeting Cliff pleasantly when he comes in. Quite the, the difference in behavior we see from her. And Norm questions Carla's behavior. He says she served him three beers without flicking foam on his nose. And Woody says that she hasn't spit on anybody. Sam asks if she's having trouble at home. <laughs> Carla says that she went to see Madame Lazora. And Woody says, your fortune teller. And she corrects him, saying, palmist. <laughs> I do like how like, specific Carla is with her various alternative seers, I guess, that she goes yeah. to. <laughs> palmist. So Madame Lazora has told Carla that her courtesy to others tonight could result in a big windfall. So Carla says she's not going to insult anyone unless she can disguise it. And the bigger the jackass, the nicer she's going to treat him. Starting with numero uno, <laughs> she calls Cliff. So she tells Cliff what a pleasure it is to serve him a beer. And Cliff kind of grins and nods over at Norm. <laughs> out of the loop. So what did you think? Always out of the loop. Yeah, I mean, it was it was kind of funny to see her being this, you know, just dripping kindness kind of person you yeah. know because it's definitely not who who she is so that was enjoyable enough to see her kind of mm -hmm. the complete opposite of her normal self yeah. yeah and she is she is herself in responding to the madame lazor it's this this kind of like yeah the palmist not the fortune teller but it's somebody you know in the spiritual realm telling her some sort of fortune basically if she behaves properly that's also in keeping so it's you know it's decent i thought standard yeah fair for her so we start the episode, Rebecca comments that Fraser is in early, and Fraser is meeting a former colleague, Dr. Lawrence Crandall, for a drink. And this friend, Dr. Crandall, is on a book tour for a book that is titled The Forever Couple, The Joy of Loving One Person for the Rest of Your Life. And Fraser is already expressing envy of this person, which was very, his behavior, I think, in that regard at least, is similar to how he was with Simon Finchroyce. The John Cleese character, mm -hmm. remember at the, um, toward the end of season five, and Simon yes. says, "Yep, where that person is the, you know, kind of promoted to be the more successful of the two, of yeah. Frazier, that one, yeah." So anyway, from the title, "The Joy of Loving One Person the Rest of Your Life," Norm comments that it's science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> he gets a few good fear jokes in here, to close no, out he the season That's for true, sure. Yeah. yeah. The title does sound kind of pompous, but you know, yeah. science fiction. Um, and Fraser says that Dr. Crandall has been away from his wife for most of the year. He says he'd go crazy being around, being away from Lilith for that long. And he says, he, 
you know, he thinks about it, but he doesn't enjoy it. And he's like, well, he enjoys it, but he's not proud of that. <laughs> yeah, I like how he keeps, keeps <laughs> he amending that statement. In. That's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Dr. Crandall comes in and Fraser introduces him to Rebecca and to Sam. And Dr. Crandall says that he saw Sam strike out Reggie Jackson. And then he continues on that he took, I can hardly blame him for knocking you off the mound that next time with a line drive. So we have another joke about Sam's pitching career. Um, so Fraser asked Dr. Crandall why he didn't bring his wife with him, which is an excellent question. Dr. Crandall says she doesn't like to travel. We also said that they, they thought it would be a good time to test his theory of marital fidelity. This already just sounds like a bad idea in particular. <laughs> yeah. A lot of hogwash. And in general, I don't think it's a great idea to experiment on yourself, but it just sounds ridiculous. Did you have any, I mean, I know this is a little early psychoanalyzing this, but did you have any thoughts on this? Not, not really to this point. I wasn't okay. quite sure where it was going to go, quite honestly. Yeah. Um, but I did want to bring up, just because you already mentioned Dr. Simon Finch-Royce, mm. that originally they were hoping to bring him back. Uh, Mm -hmm. for this episode. Now, I say that, and I don't know whether that means that they were going to have the same plot line happen with him, or if they just wanted to have his, you know, psychiatrist-like character come back and stir the pot or whatever. But he was unavailable, I guess, or or dropped Mm -hmm. out or something, and so they they went this way. But I don't know if you know any more about it than that, but that's what I found out. That's what I've read as well, and I have to wonder how the episode would have gone with him in it. Mm-hmm. Like you said, I mean, is it, would it be that he's in it and he's just like they're going to do make more with his character or was it him in this storyline? Mm-hmm. And so instead they just replaced it with a different colleague of right. Frazier's. And that was the only change. I would like to think that it would not either wouldn't have been the same storyline or that it would have been more ambiguous what his motivation was and mm-hmm. his behavior. This is getting ahead. His behavior seems very obvious to me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they would have done it where it was more of a mystery, like what was going on if he had played that character. But I definitely think he would have played the character in a, a way that made the audience, you know, because he's a likable character in the last one. He's, you yeah. know, yeah. enjoyable to watch. And this man, to me, is from the moment he walks in the bar, is not. <laughs> and so I don't know if it would have been a little bit more of a tug of war on like, do you like this guy or not? How is he really yeah. behaving? Right. Had John right. Cleese played the character that he played instead of having this man on there. Mm-hmm. Fair point. So, I think it would have been, well, we'll get to this at the end. I think it would have been a lot more interesting Ooh. and not as creepy. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's really my statement about that. Yeah. So Dr. Crandall says after 10 months of celibacy, he can pronounce his principles sound. And of course, Sam says after 10 months of celibacy, he wouldn't be able to pronounce his name. <laughs> And Dr. Crandall recites the romantic smarm that he tells his wife once a day. And this is another norm line with Vera. He says, Vera would like to hear that. And then ask, could you call her? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. So Dr. Crandall, he's talking about how he doesn't read reviews or something about the reviews. You know, Fraser's puffing him up about it. But then he pulls out a copy of a great review that he's received that he has to make copies of. And he goes to Rebecca's office to make copies of this review. So everything seems like he's just this pompous colleague of Fraser's, like you, we've seen before, like you would expect and so forth mm-hmm. at this point. Although the, the point, all of the, the book and the marital fidelity and all these things he says to his wife, it's like, it, to me, it's kind of eye rolling already. But as you said, like, you don't quite know where it's going to go. Right. So Rebecca comes in the office as Dr. Crandall has finished copying. Before leaving the office, he tells her that his specialty is human sexual behavior. 
and then asked if he was mistaken in sensing a spark of interest on her part when they were introduced. So she already looks weary. Like she seemed perfectly happy to meet him before, perfectly happy to let him use her office, but now she looks properly weary and says he's wrong and he just will not leave. He says he's interested only as a scientist, which is another, in my mind, <laughs> big red flag. Um, and asks if she's sure she didn't experience an undes- what was it, undeniable attraction to him. <laughs> and she's like, positive. <laughs> yeah. She has that glaring look on her face. And he starts to leave and comes back to say that maybe her subconscious might be trying to tell, maybe trying to tell us something. Like, it's, there's an us involved in this now. And it's something about how hearing, what was it, hearing such facile denial sets him off, a little alarm in his head that he's on to something, basically. I said at this point, I said he's already so unappealingly creepy as to make watching the rest of this episode an unenjoyable prospect. <laughs> Sorry, I just get, oh, he's just yeah. disgusting. Please. No, I know. Well, you know, by this point, it's very like he's just digging in, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it's, it's it's awkward. It's uncomfortable just watching it, quite it's honestly. manipulative. Yeah. This professional thing that he thinks he's got going on. Yeah. He's the scientist. He studies human behavior, blah, blah, blah. So Rebecca clarifies she has no attraction to him when they met or since. And she's like, zilch, not a zip, which he thinks is an interesting unconscious choice of words. So, <laughs> not, it, it was a well, it was a good line, yeah. not coming out of his mouth, but it was a good line. That's true. It'd I be agree. a very Sam line, a very a line oh, Sam Oh yeah, that would have been fun. You know? but, and yeah. then we would have laughed more authentically there, but. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so she kicks him out and shuts the door and there's a knock. And she yells, I give up. You make me crazy with desire. I can't get my hands off you. What do you want? And, of course, it's Woody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's amused. He says something about, like, to sign the invoice and be gentle. Be gentle, yeah. He's got such a smirk on his face. He I does. did like that moment. He does. <laughs> well, it's like he still has, I think, like, a little bit of a crush on her. And then there's also yeah. that, you know, the, the running gag of him knocking on the door a bunch of times. Well, in the past, it's been like him knocking on the door a bunch of times and she yells at him or feels bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just something that has to do with that mistaken, you know, knocking on the door and yelling thing that they do. <laughs> so Dr. Crandall has gone to his lunch and he's come down now from Melville's and he asked Rebecca, who's sitting, I'm going to make a big deal of this, I'm sorry. She's sitting on the outside of the bar area. He asked her if he could get two brandies. Woody is right behind the bar. Mm-hmm. Why can't he ask him? Why does he ask her? Like that to me is just again. I mean, we've already know. Like, there's not even red flag. We already know what he's about. But right, it's just not appropriate. I don't think Rebecca suggests the same, <laughs> albeit in a kind of clipped tone. So Sam is at the other side of the bar. Asks Woody to pour the brandies, and then he tells Rebecca that she was kind of rude to Dr. Crandall. Like, why is that Sam's business to correct her behavior? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Fraser says she was hostile. Rebecca explains that Dr. Crandall came on to her, but all she says by way of explanation is that he asked about her feelings, which does not exist, like really address the situation at all. That's part of my frustration with this episode. It's like, she needs to say more. There was more to be said about what happened and she just cannot pull it outside of herself. And I guess she starts to question herself too in a moment, you know, but still like she could have said more in my opinion. Hmm. So Fraser is insisting she misunderstood Dr. Crandall's intention. He's the most happily married man Fraser knows, which in my opinion doesn't say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hmm. Well, Fraser is all about like the the way something looks or the credentials someone has in situations like this, I think. So Rebecca thinks Fraser might be right. 
she's willing to you know to look at that so she sits at that top table by the window to apologize to dr crandall for being rude and dr crandall does this the the pity ploy by suggesting that she found him repulsive you know she's trying to induce her sympathy basically she's like oh no you're an attractive person and he just lights up at that and then she remarks that he's rubbing his foot along her calf and he keeps doing it and he makes some comment about how he thought it was the table but there's like the long supple quivering table leg or something like that that never ends oh that never ends that's what it is Uh and then she mentions that his sock has a hole in it he asks if she likes it He's just like that, got that slack-jawed, just disgusting hmm. look. <laughs> no offense right. to the actor, but <laughs> it's just, there's just nothing. I don't know. They could not mm. have planned him to be as awful as he's coming across to me, in my opinion. Yeah, it's, it's almost it's almost like, and I don't know if, you know, you can very easily separate how we would view him now versus 1989 you know what mm-hmm. i mean um, um and i don't we don't need to get into all that necessarily but no but i think i see him exactly the same way <laughs> was he meant to be is he meant to be funny is yeah, he meant to be like when Ooh. they write him what is when they write these lines are they thinking oh you know everyone's just gonna look at him and think he's so ludicrous we're just we can't help but laugh or it's I hard wonder. to really know yeah and then also like at this point and then certainly going forward you think about just how crazy the episode gets and it's a david lloyd episode but then the last episode had some of those sort of signature david lloyd you know i know he said it wasn't just farce but just like that kind of crazy element to it and it really didn't play this way Hmm. and this just to me does not work because he's so disgusting and i mean i don't think it's like a i don't think it's generational or like a then versus now situation necessarily because people have discussions on like would Sam's behavior then fly on a TV show now and I, I mean I, that's what you know like it or not or whatever you know however he behaved like that was part of his character wasn't mm-hmm. the entirety of his character and again I don't think either of us are like fascinated by that type of discussion anyway but with this person it's like it's kind of like you know historically invariant that he's disgusting in my opinion mm-hmm. right <laughs> he'd be disgusting any year <laughs> right any era yeah. any time yeah. Any country or principality. (laughs) (laughs) So Rebecca storms off. Dr. Crandall receives a phone call from his wife. and He greets her with the, my darling, my reason for living line. When she's disgusted, as am I, by this. And she says he's a slimeball hypocrite. And this draws the ire of Sam and Fraser. And again, I'm like, why are they so bothered? And she tells him that Dr. Crandall rubbed her leg with his foot. And... She also tells Fraser his distinguished, happily married friend was coming on to her because Fraser's doing this whole thing about he's married and makes an argument for his reputation and all of this. Yeah. And that Dr. Crandall wrote the book on marital fidelity. Now, might that be a clue that he has a problem with it? <laughs> <laughs> if he had to write a book if on it. If we're going to talk about <laughs> subconscious motivation, mm. having to write a book on marital fidelity and then send yourself on a you know, year-long test <laughs> that you can right. be faithful for your wife sounds like there's something... <laughs> brewing beneath the surface there and Fraser, who is a Freudian for some reason is not putting that together anyway Sam tells Rebecca that she's projecting her frustration because it's been too long since she had her tires rotated <laughs> which though offensive I think is funny you know it's I don't know I just don't take it in that same sort of oppressive way that Fraser is being like that's just Sam would say that 
period, you know. Right. He'd say that anytime. Any excuse to use that phrase. Oh, know, yeah, like, absolutely. something. Yeah. Yeah. So Rebecca stands up for herself and she says that Dr. Crandall is a lying hypocritical sleaze that needs to be neutered. <laughs> <laughs> so Dr. Crandall tells Frazier he's going to leave. He somehow offended Rebecca. Sam kind of apologized to Rebecca. He says he said something. She's had a difficult past few life or something like that. And Dr. Crandall says like he sensed an emotional problem. It's just so manipulative. And mm-hmm. yeah, the problem, it's she had the problem. It's not him. Right, right. So then we're in Dr. Crandall's hotel room. Dr. Crandall is about to have an affair with the young foreign chambermaid who says that she didn't realize that she was attracted to him until he told her that he sensed it. Aha. Yes. There you go. And, yeah. In this hotel room setup, this is reminiscent of Simon Says, I thought. The yeah. table setup. I mean, maybe it's the same room or set, but even like the decoration and the way everything is kind of laid out and the way they sort of start with him. Well, Simon was in there alone, you know, like getting his hot soup and so forth or whatever it was. And of course, Crandall's got this young woman there, but it's a very familiar feeling scenario, I thought. Mm-hmm. And then you have Rebecca show up. And then some of the comings and goings, like Rebecca coming in, you know, a lot of it is a little bit like Sam and Diane, how they kept coming back over and over again to see Simon Finchroyce. Yeah. So. Yeah. They really do parallel. And, and that's why if you think about, you know, if the plan was to have um, John Cleese in this episode. Right. Now, what exactly so. that means. But it would be interesting to see if, if they had put him in this part and written this part really for the character. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. But if they had and they, they, you know, had him in this scene and it more or less followed what happened here, that would have been very interesting to see the, the parallels recur yeah. with, you know, Rebecca in place of Diane and, and all mm-hmm. that. but in a different, like, she wants Sam to think she's not great. Because that's the that's a way in which that makes sense to me, too. Because it's like, why would Rebecca really care that much about if Sam thinks she's crazy or not? She's clearly correct and made up her mind about the situation. But if it were that parallel, then that sort of, I think that that's, I don't know, I think it's a nicer segue. Mm-hmm. Or a reminder from the past, maybe. And I also, back on how that would have been played had John Cleese played this role... And even if the story had sort of gone the same way, I could see it being more like, is Rebecca crazy or is she right? Like, and what really happened between them? Like, I think that they'll, every, I, I just see everything being delivered differently. Possibly they would have to have different lines because I feel like the lines early on in the office are pretty obvious that he's, you know, manipulating her. But I could just see it being a little bit more like you don't quite know who's right and who is motivated in what way. And right. All that. right. Anyway, Rebecca shows up and she makes this excuse of needing Crandall to clarify something and then she's he's trying to get her to leave and she says she, well, she has a headache and she gets some aspirin aspirin so he goes for an aspirin and Rebecca ushers Sam in the door and has him hide in the closet so she her plan is to get Dr. Crandall to admit that he came on to her and then Sam is going to hear this and she finally she does get Dr. Crandall to say that he came on to her and it's that same kind of like nagging thing that Diane was doing, albeit in a different way with Simon French Royce too. You know, or at the end, he's, he blo- I mean, that was far funnier, but when he blows up yeah. about yeah. Sam and Diane are the most, it's like, what was it? Envy them chair, envy them table. You know, he's going on about they're the most <laughs> perfect couple ever. Like she just, she broke him, you know. Mm-hmm. But in this, like the little nagging bits remind me of that, I think too. Yeah. I like that. But anyway, um, Rebecca gets him to admit it and Sam does not emerge from the closet. She does it a couple times, and then she goes to open the closet door to get him and finds the chambermaid in there with him. (laughs) And she wants Sam basically to just stick to the mission, focus, 
completes his mission on getting proving that Dr. Crandall is a lech. So Crandall says that the chambermaid is a secretary. He's going over all these excuses of why this is going on. The chambermaid is a secretary. She's there to take dictation, you know, all of this. Mm-hmm. And then in the door walks the violinist, which is kind of <laughs> funny. Like, I feel like this is like the timing of this. I could see what they were trying to do with all of this kind of building up. I just don't quite think it plays as well as it could have. Mm-hmm. But Crandall admits he's been lonely. He admits what he did. He says he's glad the truth is out. And then his wife knocks on the door. So Crandall tells him to all to hide in the closet. And the chambermaid and the violinist like immediately follow directions and go into the closet. Rebecca refuses. And Sam says, like, he'll show her around in the closet. <laughs> and she agrees to go for the wife's sake. And then this is possibly my favorite part in the episode. It's certainly my favorite part in this whole long scene. Is when Sam is introducing Rebecca to Maria. Yes. And it's so like pleasant and formal. It's like mm-hmm. Rebecca, I'd like you to meet Maria. And Rebecca's very warm and pleasant. Like, Hi Maria, nice to meet you. And yep. then Sam's like, and then what's your name? And they're all meeting each other. <laughs> As the door shuts. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I did like that bit. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was very well done. I would keep that in my my rewrite. So then the wife comes in. And there's now this... before I'm oh, sorry, I'm sorry. I don't mean yeah. right before that, so we we she knocks on the door, we hear her voice, and you see uh, Crandall's face, you know, like almost mm. horror that, oh, it's here. And there's a line here because it will re- repeat. What was the line yeah. he called her? Well, we know what he what called was her. was it but... about how he's been faithful to her for all of these years or whatever, and mostly because she's the scariest bitch you'd ever want to meet? Yes, that's right. That's the reason yeah. why he the whole, it, it kind of, with the whole it's line like he gave earlier about, you know, you're my world, the, my reason, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, I... <laughs> It was, a, I did like when he delivered that line because you see him like undone in that he moment. Is, like, oh my God, she's here. You know? And, right. And, and it's like, kind of like all of them against her. Like he's terrified yeah, of her. Exactly. Yeah. And you're just like, who exactly are we getting here? You know? Right. <laughs> and Rebecca says she's doing this for the wife as though the wife is going to be some poor put upon person. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. So the wife comes in, there's this long skit about going to dinner and she's like ordering him to get a coat. He's like, I'll buy one on the way, you know. <laughs> and he goes and, like, basically opens a closet door and someone just hands him a coat from the closet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a woman's coat. Doesn't fit. And so his wife is just being skeptical the whole time. And so she's asking, like, who's in the closet? And orders everybody out of the closet. And they all file out. And again, like, with the filing out, I think that it's just something in the like the flow of it. It could be funnier, but there's just, to me, something that's not quite working. I will say I did enjoy the visual of it, though. It yes. almost felt like some sort of slapstick Marx Brothers kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, that's what like, I mean. You I know, you have for he, that. He, I think it's almost like she expects, oh, there's a woman in there. Well, no, there's uh, two men Far and two <laughs> women in there. And the line, they just keep on coming out. It's, yeah. I liked that setup of it because it was yeah. just this real oddball cast and they just all march out like head down like, oh boy, you know. Right. Well, that's it. It's like, yeah, like you said, the four of them, not just a woman. And then it's this odd cast of characters once yeah. you get to the, like the violinist and the chambermaid and so forth. <laughs> so I do. I like that. I think that there was there was something to it. It just I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, it's missing the surrounding goodness of the story, I think, to make it really work. So the wife demands an explanation. She's threatening all of their reputation. She's going to destroy her husband's reputation and then all of theirs. Which, I mean, who else in that group has a real reputation, like a public reputation that would be harmed by her opinion. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. So Rebecca steps up, says she's going to tell her the truth and goes through some, doesn't Sam at some point 
say to the chambermaid, he's like, she never gets tired of telling the story or something yeah. like that. Yeah, she was recounting how, you know, he came on to me and that's yeah. as she's talking about, you know, what did he do? Well, he asked me my feelings or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the wife does not believe that Crandall came on to Rebecca. No. She's very conflicted because it's obvious that she thinks that there's a woman or somebody in the closet. So she doesn't trust him. But then she's also making these defenses on what he's doing when it comes to this confrontation with Rebecca. So Rebecca tries to be reasonable at first. She's commenting on the state of the hotel room and the food. And the, I think it's like that there are two settings or something like that. And this chambermaid. <laughs> and then she asks, like, how about the fiddler? And she pokes the violinist in the chest as she asks. <laughs> I really like that, too. Fiddler. <laughs> But yes, that line that she says about, you know, he was rubbing his leg up and, and Sam whispers, she never gets tired of telling that. I, I did like that. <laughs> yeah. bit, like she likes to tell that story or just brings it up whenever possible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did too. It was good. Crandall has an unlikely answer for everything. And Rebecca points out that they were all hiding in the closet. Why? And then this wife provokes her by asking, like, you were in there, you don't know, or something like that. And this is when Rebecca repeats Crandall's line about her being the scariest bitch you'd ever want to meet. Mm -hmm. She's up in her face at this point. I kind of like the way she's walking around the hotel room. It reminds me a little bit, as so many things do, of the final scene in Clue. <laughs> you know, when they're like <laughs> recounting the story and like walking all, like running uh, around or walking uh -huh. around. There's just something about it. It's almost like she's revealing this mystery. I like that aspect of it. So now she's up in her face and Crandall's wife calls Rebecca a tramp. <laughs> And Rebecca delivers that line. Tramp. <laughs> Her voice goes up. And she, Rebecca then basically becomes unhinged and yeah. threatening to kill them. And Sam has been trying to get her. I was like, okay, let's go. He's trying to get her out a couple times. At this point, he's prying her away. And the violinist picks her up, hauls her out of the hotel room. And I think he has to, like, pry her wrists off of the off door the door jam. frame, mm -hmm. yep. She's just flailing around, screaming. and. Cut her like a dog, I think she says. Oh, yeah. Kill her like a dog. She just <laughs> goes cut you off. Down, cut you yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Sam explains, and he looks back and explains that Rebecca was just trying to convince him that she isn't crazy. Mm-hmm. Just a good final line for Sam, I think. And then they end on those two people, like the Crandall and his wife and their expressions, which I thought they could have lost, left out. I think they could have ended it with Sam's line, and that would have been like, okay, it's the, mm -hmm. a good line yeah. for him at the end. But yeah. It ends a bit abruptly, um, especially given that this is the end of season seven. This is the last episode. Yeah. And this is how you chose to end it. And it's not a cliffhanger. It's not like, oh, no. what happens next? I mean, you know, there's nothing that happens next, but it no. isn't something that's... Sam and it, Rebecca go off on their own little adventure in a hotel room and you yeah. leave behind the rest of the Cheers gang. And uh, mm -hmm. that didn't feel like a very good move to do on your season finale. You know, this felt like, right. if anything, it should have been episode... 11 or something but not right you know not not 22 no no so yeah i agree i will say i liked the i liked this last bit i i like i said i liked the visual i thought there were some some pretty funny sight gags i mean mm -hmm. i don't like that i do like that rebecca kind of just loses it because i thought for the episode it was fitting now it kind of portrays her as crazy which is the entire thing she was trying not to look to avoid but, right just seeing Kirstie Alley do that, I did kind of enjoy that bit. See, I like seeing thing. her kind of unhinged that way. She's fun. so good at it. She's good at it, yeah, and exactly. She does that so well, you know, and she's just all in on it. No, she's committed to it. So I'm like, mm -hmm. well, she herself so wouldn't have been job. bothered by it. Why should I? But, um, yeah, so <laughs> but I, I, no, I did I agree enjoy with that. you, though. I mean, it's so, because I, I, I imagine, too, like, what would it, 
what would the episode have been like if you had the sort of like cooler Rebecca of most of season six in this same scenario? Mm-hmm. It would have been like more of a verbal takedown. We never would have gone to the hotel room. You know, I mean, obviously right. like, that's a different time, but yeah. it, it is. It's like way over the top behavior. Yeah. But she's so good at it. So. <laughs> well, Let's I guess see. it's safe well. to say this is not going to be in our top season no. episodes. No, no, no. no. Um, <laughs> let's see. What else is there? Here's one memorable line that we skipped over, oh, I okay. think. Yes, After um, Rebecca and Crandall have encounter number two, we should say at the table when he's, you know, yep. says her leg was like a table leg or whatever. You're um, right. Woody calls over when his wife rings and says, uh, Dr. Crandall, it's Mrs. Dr. Crandall. But <laughs> 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 that was kind of yeah. a fun line. Yeah, that yeah. is fun. I do think it's interesting that Rebecca, she's a hot mess by the end, but she is the one that has sense in this. Mm-hmm. And Sam kind of does too. Like Sam is reliably Sam, I would say throughout. Yeah. You know, and they, I think they have an interesting kind of combative camaraderie between them that I like, particularly in that, in that last scene, like he's gone along with her to mm-hmm. do this. Like they're not, it's not the sort of contentious fighting that we had with Sam and Diane. Cause there's not as much of that sort of like that type of emotion between them, obviously, but it's, you know, he's kind of just like along for the ride, like to see how this goes. It seems like he meets a, <laughs> yeah. an attractive woman in the closet and that's even better. <laughs> <Yeah. know? laughs> exactly. <laughs> Never know what you're going to find. No. So I liked him in the latter half of this too. Mm. Just the, the rest of it. You know I mean? I get that the fiddler and the chambermaid, like those are just going to be your basic sort of stock characters that are like filling out the line. But mm-hmm. I just, I, I think there's too much time in that hotel room. There's too much with the beginning with Crandall and the chambermaid. And then with the wife, I think they could have curtailed yeah. that because I don't find them appealing, her appealing or those scenes between her and Crandall appealing. I don't know. I just, I think it could have been like a little bit better done. They have some good material there, but I think it could have been better done. I agree. Well, and you really have no B plot, right? I mean, right. all it's, it's just this, this is all you get. So mm-hmm. that's kind of rough. Unlike in the last episode where it was Sam and Rebecca that were sort of the center of the A plot, you had contributions like we discussed from the other characters that were fun, right. interesting, funny, what have you. And in this I can look back through my notes and be like, oh, yeah, Norm had the funny comments about Bira. And I remember some of the things like that. But there's not a lot. Like, I find no. Fraser very unappealing. I don't find him all that funny. Mm-hmm. His comments about the book and about Lilith. And, you know, sometimes I can't imagine. I can't imagine what it would be like without Lilith. Well, sometimes I think about it. And well, I do enjoy it. Like, all of that. Like, that's funny. But it's just not an episode full of those sort of continuing contributions from the other characters. No, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. So, and I think it yeah. suffers from that. You know, like too. I said, it's not what you would get for a season finale. It feels like there's no sense of, you know, oh, we're going to really pull out all the stops and tide mm-hmm. you over until September. I mean, this doesn't. This is a very like lackluster episode. Yeah. So. And it seems a little bit like two different episodes. Like I know it's them switching locations, but it's also like the beginning is the buildup to the second part. But the beginning isn't that appealing to me. And then the second mm-hmm. part doesn't carry that i don't know it's it's it does seem like they had something else in mind or another actor in mind or something else and it just was what they had to put together yeah so i think that's all i have to say about it okay well i'm very interested to know what you're gonna rate this one are we gonna have a a repeat of dog bites cliff no it's not that low okay it's not (laughs) well so it's very i was okay overall i would say kirstie alley's performance and Ted Danson, too. He's great in that kind of laid-back, goofy, you know, whatever, like, Sam is contributing. He is solid. She's great. Yeah. 
So it has to be, it's for sure above Dog Bites Cliff, but I'm torn between a two and a three. I think it'd be a three because of her performance, but really it's a two. Mm. <laughs> That's not really a good answer though, is it? No, it just sounds I like you need to settle on a number. I know. I, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I would watch it again for her and for some of the jokes about, yeah. you know, the people in the closet and so forth and them meeting each other in the closet, all of that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there was some ambition there. You go ahead. I'm just going to. Okay. Okay. That's <laughs> fair. That's fair. No, no, it's fair. I will give it a three. Yeah. I, I don't think this is an episode I would really enjoy to rewatch a lot, um, but right. I do think Kirstie Alley's performance is good. I do think there are a couple funny lines and i i dare say that even dr crandall delivers a couple a couple maybe two somewhat okay lines that are funny you know taken by themselves but yeah he's an unappealing character it's an unappealing plot to me really i and i feel Mm -hmm. like you could have done a lot with it because it's an interesting concept you know this kind of in it as i'm not saying it's a a, a, you know a, a positive concept but it's an interesting one that they could have explored oh yeah and they didn't. It kind of fell flat in this in this episode. And then you brought in the wife at the end, which was she seems like a very interesting character. He's obviously a little afraid of her, and she just it, it kind of doesn't seem to fit. You know, you don't yeah. really get much of it. It's kind of like why was she brought in? It it just all felt shoehorned mm-hmm. in. And 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 again, I can't escape the fact that this was the season finale. You yeah. know, I don't feel like it's right to end on such a weak note. But I'm gonna give it a three based on the episode alone taken out of context of when it was aired um, right. but not one that I really envision and definitely a letdown to close on this note yeah yeah I think my personal distaste for it does make it lower the idea that they you know that they had something in mind and could have done more like we could give it a little bit of a point for ambition maybe or intent mm-hmm. torn because it's like the personal distaste part makes it very low but then Kirstie Alley's performance and the ambition makes it higher well I here's think, a question for you is yeah, yeah. is Kirstie Alley's performance enough to save it to you that whole episode no mm-hmm. okay then I think you should give it a two not, not to save it <laughs> I think you should give it a two because I think okay. the personal your feelings matter very much with that. I'm gonna give it. I think I'm gonna give it like a very low three. Okay, very low three. Very low three. Yeah, and that is my final answer <laughs> <laughs> for the final episode of season seven. Seasons. Yeah, that's a wrap. That will do it for us today. You can find us on Facebook, Norm, a Cheers podcast, and on Twitter at Cheers underscore Norm. You can listen to or download old and new episodes at the usual places, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Overcast, and Spotify. Leave us a like and comment and join in on our community there. Thanks so much for listening.